Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, film lovers, and I bet you're sharing our excitement with the, as an announcement. Sorry, I was just halfway through a sneeze. I'm trying to maintain <laughs> do you the want to sentence. Finish it? No, it's gone. <laughs> That's it how gone? you do it. It was right at the start of the sentence, the sneeze came out. Well, it didn't come out, it was just right at the tip of my nose. And my voice managed to calm it. Wow, you are the sneeze whisperer. <laughs> That's a good sneeze whisperer. Yeah, we'll do that. That's how it's... This isn't about terrible film ideas. Well, it's, well. it's, it's a film podcast. I wish to talk about the Oscars. So have you got the Oscars nomination list there? Yeah, I've got it written on my mind. Okay, uh, then best films. Who's, who's up? Best picture, American Sniper, Birdman... Mm-hmm. Boyhood, yes. The Grand Budapest Hotel, mm. Imitation Game, yes. Selma, yep. Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Whiplash. Okay. Let's just talk through those. So I, I, I have currently seen six of those uh, eight films. You've seen far more than me in that list. Um, uh, I have seen Birdman, Boyhood. Uh, and that is it so far. Oh, wow. David. No, I David, mean, you need to go to see the films. I do need to see the films a bit more. Um, okay, well, uh, well, talk us through them, Marek. Well, I, I haven't seen American Sniper. Me which, neither. Which I have to say, in terms of... Uh, they're trailing that at the moment. Yes. I think that is one of the best trailers I've seen in the cinema. Really? One of the best ever trailers. It's very intimate, very small... It's where he's just about to shoot something, and I mean, it's a short film. Yeah. So I, I hope the film. I don't think the film will live up to that. Maybe you just go and watch a trailer. The film, the from what I've heard, everyone's saying it's a very uh, accomplished, very well acted, very good film. Um, the only criticisms have come from it angling at it that it is actually, although it's morally ambiguous, it is still glorifying. Uh, War basically. What were you saying that Seth Rogen was? Seth there? Rogen uh, got into a bit of a Twitter storm, as is he, anyone can. You can post anything, but uh, just as a joke, likening it to the uh, Nazi propaganda film in *Inglorious Bastards*, which is about uh, their greatest sniper, and they make a film about him being such a hero in the war. And you just go, yeah, I think, I think, you know, even if it's tongue in cheek. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Like, 
the fact is, this guy, you know, maybe brave and very accomplished and all of these things, but he's he's killed a load of people. I mean, that's that's basically it. <laughs> I mean, well, well we should await judgment until we we see one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the funniest thing I watched the announcements. They were, on, they were on about half past six in the morning in the states. Uh, yeah, and the best thing was the uh, the lady who's in charge of the Oscars. I don't know what her job is. Mispronouncing the cinematographer of um, of Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner as Dick Poop. Isn't that his name? No, it's Dick Pope. Oh, is it Pope? <laughs> it's Dick Poop. I saw it online. Uh, Imagine Dick that. Poop has been. Uh... You, it was trending. People going, "Hey, well, why is Dick Poop trending?" But uh, <laughs> imagine that you do all that great work, and then someone messes up your name. Yeah. And from forever, he'll be known as Dick, Dick Poop. Poop. Did you see the uh, incredible John Travolta introducing Adina Menzel to sing the song from Frozen? I think it was a couple of years ago. Okay. Now. It's absolutely phenomenal because it's it's perfect just Hollywood uh, auto cue reading where he's going the incredibly talented the wonderful the immortal Endicinimon Bunny (laughs) (laughs) doesn't get a single syllable right it's it's heartbreakingly good they should at least learn names Um, so I haven't seen Selma either which looks like sort of um, there's always seems to be some sort of uh, worthy film. Yeah, like Martin Luther King's. I haven't seen it, so I can't. I've not seen it that. either. It's. I mean, it's. They. They don't tend to nominate things that are just worthy. They tend to be of quality as well. But yeah. it's. Uh, I, I've not seen it. I, I may get round to it. But um, I, think, I think it's a really good list. And then some omissions are Interstellar's not there. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And Foxcatcher, which I want to go. We'll talk about later on. Uh, is not on the list, which was a, which I think is a fair omission. I think it's a really good list. It's split people. I've, I've heard with Foxcatcher, some people say it's incredible and some people say it's boring. Like, well, I will talk about it later on. Okay. But, um, uh, last year, what we did on our, our Facebook page, we did the... Um, predictions. Yeah, so we'll put something up on Facebook and underneath if you uh, want to write uh, your predictions. And there'll be a prize for the winner. I mean, the prize last year was incredible. What was incredible. it? Incredible. It was a limited edition to two, it turned out. Um, certificate uh, of your superiority in the guessing of um, Oscar uh, nominations, uh, Oscar wins, uh, that you can print out at home and put on your wall. I can't think of a better prize. I can't can think I can of a better prize. Print out a piece of paper and do, I, I can get it framed myself. Was or? it last year we did it? It was last yeah, year. Yeah, last year. Last year's winner was surprised. No, somebody was surprised uh, how how good it was, actually, when it came out. These certificates. You must so. have used lovely fonts. Oh, I, I'm pretty good at this shit. Did you use the papyrus back background? Oh yeah, I stole some, some papyrus off Google Images. I did everything. Do you mean to, uh, sorry for legal reasons. Film from Dango never steal things. No, no, I used. We made our own papyrus. Creative Commons images. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the signature of Roger Moore. <laughs> um, so what we're looking for? What we our competition is the best picture, best actor, best actress. Uh, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, and best director, and see if you can get the full set. Um, we'll put our predictions up there as well. Yeah, I think I think it's a really good list for me. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, there's two that stand out. Yeah, Birdman. Yes, which you've seen which already. We, uh, we talked about already because John Luke Roberts and I went when uh, we talked about, um, and he got tickets. But now it is actually out. But I'm going to so we can talk about we that again talk about today because I think it's such a and. 
Uh, Whiplash. Whiplash. Uh, I am going to see. I mean, I'm a drummer, and so this film is right. And I think J.K. Simmons is brilliant as well. So I, this is right up my street. I didn't go to see it because you told me you'd already seen it. So I was like, well, I'll see a different film then. You um, went to uh, see a nice foreign language film. That's good, isn't I it? I did. Yes, I did. Um, so what? What do you want to talk about, Birdman? Let, what did you think? I thought this was a jaw-dropping bit of filmmaking. Isn't it beautiful? I, and I thought, because I didn't, hadn't watched it before, so I was listening to you, and it's interesting when you hear you and uh, our guests talk about it. I, I think John Luke Wilkes is crazy not thinking that's one of the greatest films made in the last five years. I think the script and the performances uh, tied with the uh, the cinematography of it of you know the fact it's a one shot does not do it justice just to describe it as that because that sounds like a gimmick it works it may, it's so there's a few claustrophobic and intimate with the performances but the performances warrant that approach so it all works so well together I think yeah so for people who haven't seen it and uh, warning that there are going to be some spoilers in this so just turn off the podcast and put your headphones in the bin if you haven't seen it. <laughs> But uh, it's a story of uh, I just brief synopsis. Birdman, Michael Keaton, who is um, a sort of washed-up actor who's putting on his own. He's funding, self-funding his own stage performance of um, an adaptation of a novel. Isn't adaptation it? of I can't remember the, someone famous. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's him. It's on Broadway, so this is clearly going to be costing him a lot of money. And it's all going quite badly. And he's at the end of his career, and he hears this voice of Birdman in his head the whole time. Yeah. His daughter, who's being who played by Emma Stone, who's going through a drug rehabilitation is helping So he's employed out. her as uh, his assistant so he can keep an eye on her and yeah. that's all a bit screwed up. Um, Birdman, we should explain, is the character that uh, Keaton's actor character is most famous for playing in his career. So it, has, it made him but has also hung over him like a shadow his whole career that he's just known for playing a superhero. Uh, so the parallels with Keaton are obvious. But um, What I, I thought was amazing is... So the camera, the camera movements are, it's different to anything you've ever seen. So when you're watching it, you think this is something new. And maybe some people I've spoken to said it takes a little, you know, first five minutes to get used to it. Yeah. Because you're, it's almost a play because the camera's so in their faces. Technically speaking, I mean, you feel when you're watching it, you're watching actors doing a phenomenal job. Because I bet it's such long takes. Well, they, they uh, from what I've read about it, they would do 15 pages in a take sometimes. It's incredible. And they uh, they had a uh, running uh, tally of who screwed up the most long takes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the loser over the whole production had to buy the others something. Uh, Emma Stone lost. Oh, uh, really? I never, yeah. you, you think these, are, you watch them and you think, oh, Michael Keaton is an amazing, he does things, he makes you laugh with only looks that Michael Keaton can do. He's got a hairpiece, for example, which is just a bit bigger than his own hair. Yeah. There's, such, there's so many lovely details, and it's the little looks and reactions. But uh, And Edward Norton, I think, is spectacular. He is. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, he, you totally buy into the myth of his character in this as being this phenomenal actor who just really, you know, just lives it and breathes it, but is therefore an arsehole. Mm. Um, I think Zach Galifianakis is fantastic in this yeah, as well. He's sort of, uh, yeah, all the acting's brilliant. But what you, I, as um, as someone who's done performing, you just think you watch him go, that's in, I can never do anything yeah. that good. But they're they're sort of there's a play within the play that they're sort of doing performances of this play. So you see them doing acting as they would in play mode. Yes. 
and then you see them being normal afterwards and in your head you think well actually they're acting that being normal what I thought so was an incredible performance was actually the guy right at the beginning who gets fired from the play because he thinks he's a shit actor but he's just because he's that. not a he's no. not a shit actor but there is something wrong about what he's doing and it's such and it's such there's so such subtle nuances yeah so Michael Keaton does this speech each time and you see it repeated during the film and he sort of does it absolutely and that changes very slightly and the quality of acting to do so I'm doing an actor who's doing good theatre acting yeah. then I'm doing brilliant theatre acting and there's a point where Edward Norton and Michael Keaton are sort of going to script improvising sort of they're sort of doing stage acting then they're going to normal acting yeah, there's yeah. a camera moving around them and I, I was just gobsmacked I think if you if you like uh, if you're interested in the theatre and you're interested in, in the um, acting world it's just I don't think it's a better film total, that I've seen total masterclass it. yeah yeah and I think that all the performances are just uh, extraordinary performances so my my worry is I think the two front runners of best actor are Eddie Redmayne for The Theory of Everything yeah and Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton. and I think Eddie Redmayne is brilliant uh, in this part I mean they're both Oscar winning performances yes but I think Michael Keaton's it's of that moment that only Michael Keaton could play this role and he does so many things which are uh, looks that might that and in, just voice inflections and movements of his face in that say a thousand things that oh, you can't if they don't give it to him I feel sorry for Eddie Redmayne but well, if he loses but you've got to, that's one of the best performances I've seen in the last five yeah. years or so yeah but uh, either way I think uh, I mean Eddie Redmayne's star is in its ascendancy anyway be, yeah, yeah. but Keaton is Birdman has done its job in terms of Keaton will be cast in everything now. Whether well, he wins the Oscar or not, I think he's 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 you know he's back. I'm hoping anyway because I think he's brilliant. And the Batman thing gives it that sort of weight of belief anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's the perfect casting. I don't know whether he had. I think he had Keaton in mind for the director. I, I've not read too much about it. I don't think it was Val Kilmer he had in yeah. mind. But um, in your well, Val Kilmer could equally. Uh, fill those boots though in terms of the guy known for one thing who's just sort of yeah. got fat and old and the the collapse of Val Kilmer is depressing I watched a bit of Top Gun the other day yeah which is a, which you know we watch again at age 38 when I last watched it was probably about 16 I didn't realise just how gay that film is oh it's properly it's properly <laughs> homosexual film um, <laughs> they're playing volleyball with their tops off I know in slow-mo yeah um, yeah it's an amazing film uh, but it's uh, Val Kilmer I loved when I was younger I think him in Willow is is for me it's the number two rogue after Han Solo in terms of and Top uh, Secret is a brilliant yeah, yeah he is incredible in Top Secret but then um, for my uh, for my Toppers worth he's he's still fantastic in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang when, in his you know post sort of disappearance era yeah. but it wasn't quite a comeback was it he, everyone thought he's brilliant, like, but they thought it could have been like John Travolta yeah. in Pulp Fiction, and it just he it didn't sort of work, didn't take hold. Um, oh, one more thing I say about Birdman for reason less that maybe is um, I was speaking to a DOP at this thing I did, uh, who's the director of photography that is about how it seems like one take and they go outside and that's where the cut is. Yeah, but the focus pulling and it's such a have you ever been on film? You've got they basically so with the guy moving the lens has to sort of move every movement he's got to make sure it's sharp yes uh, and 
the camera moves around so much and it's such a difficult job and it and the focus is always perfect on the face you're watching it on a big screen yeah now technically i was thinking this is a nightmare you're moving this to come around you're changing the person the actors are moving yeah and the lenses are so precise now. Well, the focus be... pulling is often remote these days. Yeah, but, so it's but done even with a little. St- yeah, like the old computer games. Yeah, yeah. But, even but it's still... phenomenally skillful, isn't it? Because you would have thought there'd just be that moment of where is it? That there it is. Yeah, and you don't there see any of that. Is it one? No. I remember I went to see a film Stoner a year, um, a year or so ago. It was a good film, but there were some moments where the focus was soft, really soft. And I only noticed it because I noticed these things. Yeah, and, yeah. and I was really like, I can't believe they got away with that being it's so a, out of focus. Yeah, it, this is this isn't uh, the same league, but uh, old episodes of Friends you occasionally watch now that they've been converted to HD, oh, okay. and some of the shots aren't in focus at all. Wow. It's really odd. You're just like, oh, that's strange. But this uh, and the cameras are so much more unforgiving now. It's yeah. all shot in two K and four yeah. K. The this technically. The cinematography should win the best Oscar. Oh, without I've not seen yeah. anything like that before. It should. It's got to win best cinematography, hasn't it? I mean, it's. I, I thought the director did a, uh, made a complete. In Yeruta, I want yeah. to see more from that guy because he's fantastic. I mean, I didn't see Babel again. People said it was boring, so I didn't go to. I didn't go to see that. But that's that's one of his. Um, he's got something coming out in production, rather called uh, the Revenant, okay. or the Reverent, or something like that. And there's so much work going to this film. I'm giving it ten marics. Yeah, you must go and see this. Birdman's excellent. What did you make of the end? And not not to spoiler, but just like my only hiccup, I felt was it almost didn't know how to take off at the end. Do you know what I mean? I, I agree. But it wanted to ascend its own story and just sort of break out and blow your mind. And it, couldn't quite find it because it tried it three times at the end there were three yeah, I, th- I thought that's what you think you brought up before yeah. where it's different, different places where it could have ended and I said that was my only criticism but it's so far and away excels at so many other things yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah. not going to go no no of course yeah. of course I'm not saying you did, did no 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 I just thought what, what was your opinion whether you thought that was right it did I, It did sort of fail in that regard I, there's no sort of whereas Whiplash has got uh, a great ending and a few of these other films have got great endings. That's the sort of thing you don't, you know. Yeah. It's when you when you do a play, and we we both comics do Edinburgh shows. You always play a song and have a big finale, and play a really catchy song at the end, so people to trick people into thinking they really enjoyed themselves. That's what you That's do. What we did. <laughs> Make sure they have a good final two minutes. Um, and we've got some letters in here. Oh um, yes. Uh, let's. Uh, here's one um, from I think he's written in before you McInnes. Uh, He's specified the accent at the bottom, but it's about Birdman, so we should read this one. Okay, this is from Ewan McKinneth, who has uh, specifically asked for uh, a Maltese accent because he went to Malta last year. I tell you what, the police are kicking off today, aren't they? Outside your place. Oh yeah, it's all kicking off. It's basically become like the raid in here. You're not sending drugs in here, are you, David. <laughs> not while the police are here, Merrick. I'm not a fool. <laughs> okay, back to the letter. Right, uh, Maltese. I've been to Malta four times. I can't remember what they speak like. It, Italian English, really? Just do Italian then. Italian. This is my Mario the plumber accent. Dolmio. Dolmio. What's the only Dolmio there? That's Italian, isn't it? You know, for racists. 
Dear David, Malik, Buddy, and possible guest, last night I watched the Birdman at the cameo in Edinburgh. I wanted to give you my thoughts, but also pose a question. I think I fall somewhere in between David and John Luke Roberts. I thought the acting was great, and the fact that the camera trickery wasn't just a gimmick, but part of the story and themes was particularly good. However, I am not sure I was totally won over, though I really enjoyed it and would suggest it to others. My question revolves around the ending. I don't want to spoil the film, nor say that the end was bad, just that it didn't make any sense to me. Either I didn't see what the film was doing, or it was supposed to be jarring. Or, as a friend suggested, they had to add an end like that on to please the money man. David, what were your thoughts on the end? Both of you. Are there other films where you think the end does not fit the film? Either on purpose, like No Country for Old Men, or by mistake. And did they make the films better or worse? Keep watching the films. Ewan, in Edinburgh. You uh, should have answered that question before we... Nah, but what about other films there that have similar similar issues? No Country for Old Men is an exception to this rule because I am almost certain that the entire point of it is is supposed to be unsatisfying because you leave the protagonist behind mm. as Tommy Lee Jones has to by retiring and you're supposed to feel the pain of not getting it resolved, I think. But... Uh, Endings, they often screw these things up. I've read a funny one. Have you seen um, uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock? Is that where the two girls, Australian girls, go missing? Go missing, and it's all creepy. And We've talked about it before. A long time ago. My memory is basically only two days old. But it's basically, the ending is absolutely faithful to the novel. But what's interesting is, and it was one of these bizarre... Uh, pieces of uh, literary history where this was one of the first novels that blew people's minds because it's it's an entirely a mystery and then you don't know the answer at the end. It almost seems magical and elevates it and you want to know and you become obsessed with it. It was actually the editor who just cut the final chapter because in the final... <laughs> of the original manuscript because in the final chapter uh, the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it turns out that the two girls found a pan-dimensional hole in time and space and turned into space crabs. Wow! <laughs> Is that really true? Yeah. And the editor went, I don't think we need this. I don't think we need this chapter. Space... God, they should have a separate film of that. <laughs> space crabs. Adventures adventures through time and space. Yeah. So, um, well done, Mr. Editor, whoever you were. Um... You know, my, I mean, my bugbear as well is films that bail on the story they've been telling in so much as they don't uh, have faith in their audience to have got it. So they put a voiceover from the protagonist about what it was all about yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end. I mean, it's it's spoilt so many films, in my opinion, doing that. Um, Where what? there hasn't been voiceover at all, or they may have just crowbarred some in right at the beginning as bookends, but where they just go, and in the end, I suppose friendship is what. Yeah, we get it. We get what the moral is. You don't need to. Yeah, I think I Am Legend, I can't remember, it's got a bad ending. Well, they they, not... they deviate from the, the book, original the books very poorly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, the entire brilliant thing about I Am Legend, they bail on and make it about Jesus. Um, um, what else am I trying to. I can't think of any. Good, uh, have good you seen day. the Love Conquers All version of Brazil? No. Incredible, because you know Brazil and the ending is phenomenal, where, you know, as the whole thing is sort of 
fallen apart and descended, you find out that you know he went mad some time ago. Yeah. And it's bleak as hell. In the original American release, they had him uh, escaping. All of the surreal stuff was unexplainable, and he lived happily ever after in the countryside. I wish that was my life. <laughs> I hope my life has a uh, really happy ending. A love conquers all ending. That other people don't enjoy. <laughs> yeah, everyone goes bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, mate. He would never, he would never have a nice house. I want to see him being sick out of bins. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thank you for your letter. Is there any? Yeah, it's quite a few. Here's okay. one from Simon Bonner. Morning, chaps. Let's see if Marek can manage a Stephen Hawking voice. I can't see how that might go wrong. Okay, Stephen Hawking. I presume this is Stephen Hawking, uh, the computer voice. So it's actually not his. It's not really his well, voice. Well, it is. It, well, interesting because obviously the voice emulators have gotten a lot more sophisticated, and Stephen Hawking has refused to update because he says, "Well, that's my voice now." Wow, I mean, it's a bit unfair for all the other people who want to use that voice. No, because that's mine. I didn't realise how many of today's big British actors are public school boys until David pointed out. It pointed it out, excuse me, mistake. As well as Eddie Redmayne and Benedict Cumberbatch, there's Tom Hiddleston, Damian Lewis, and Hugh Laurie. Every man jack of them looks like a First World War fighter pilot. This must be, what, 15 years of eating sago and being whipped by your housemaster does to you. The only old Etonian who doesn't fit the stereotype is Dominic West. <laughs> of the Wire and Fred West fame. Clearly, he started on the Jameson's Whiskey before he was out of short pants. Your listener, Neil, asked about the best film with the worst premise and vice versa. I agree with David that a good film can make a terrible premise seem genius. The best example has to be Groundhog Day. Such a great film, but I was surprised it ever got green lit. The best... Premise for a movie has got to be Nazis on the Moon, but Iron Sky was a complete letdown. It was not nearly as funny as it thought it was. It was also borderline racist. Yeah. When the African American astronaut lands his spaceship in a marijuana field and starts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And starts excitedly <laughs> sniffing, I had to leave the cinema. <laughs> And wash my eyes out with bleach. Utter pap. By Simon. P.S. If you're not planning to see Foxcatcher, you definitely should. It's great. Just don't read up about it first. The director seems to think it's okay to give away the ending because it's a true story. Oh, it's just taking too long. Which is just off. Nobody in the UK knows what happened. So we'll talk about Foxcatcher in a, in a minute. Okay. Um. Okay. And we will read another email. Sure, sure. Have you seen Iron Sky? No. Yeah. I'm tempted to watch it. it. I mean, it does look great. The, the, it's just the premise is great, and it's just the. It turns out that what is the premise? They they, they decide they're going to take over the Nazis. Are, no, the Nazis uh, never died out. They just escaped to the moon, and so now that they they've decided to come back, um, so it's all sort of uh, uh, Second World War era tech. But that they've got on the moon. But there's this really weird angle they go down where uh, the black character who goes up with them 
ends up getting his skin bleached by a Nazi machine or something. It's weird. It's, it's unnecessary. God, it's bad. Uh, but yeah, no, good premise. The Nazis are back. They've only been on the mo- on the dark side of the moon the whole Clenos. time. Those pesky bloody Nazis. <laughs> Um, here's one about. I'm talk about, I talk about fox catchers. Want to read this? Is from. Uh, uh, so, so I'll do this in Stephen Hawking's voice as well. Yeah. I see that old bloody show in Stephen Hawking's voice. Okay. I can't do it. How do you do it? Hi guys. So I saw fox catcher Monday just, at the Sundance Cinema. Short film Sunday. This is. Okay. Um, my initial spoiler-free thoughts are: it's probably the film of the. Year for me. I really liked it, and I'm not sure why it's not getting more attention. Except it's a tougher year, particularly with lots of biopics. All around great cast, every single one of them. I haven't looked at supporting cast, so there were some nice surprises. Carell is really managed, but in a good way. I guess it could be considered slow, but I was never bored. I would say deliberate and paced to match story points. Genuinely for me, a terrifically crafted film. And a few more thoughts that are a bit more spoilery if you want to save them till after you've seen it and can form your own opinion. I didn't recognize... Do we want to go into the spoiler territory? Maybe we shouldn't do that, yeah. Okay, we'll read those for, for ourselves. Anywho, hope some of that makes sense. Seriously, for me, I thought a really terrific film. I knew the story a bit. In my notes on the bus, I wrote extremely personal, emotional, and I think that's true. Despite the surface coldness of some of the characters, there, I've gone on too long. But that's my thoughts. Tar, Christine. Thank you very much. Uh, good. Uh, Foxcatcher. When are we talking about it, Merrick? You said we'll talk about about it later. We'll talk about that. I wish you'd say, what if people want to write in and do all that? Yes, thank you for everyone who has. If you'd like to write in with your thoughts on any movie you've seen, then please do so. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or you can just bicker with each other, if you like, uh, on Facebook, um, forward slash filmfandango. Or you can tweet us if you've something you absolutely need to get off your chest. Or just want to shout at us. That seems to be the forum for that. Uh, then uh, at filmfandango, at Mr. David Reed, or at Marek Larwood. I have a quick um, thing here from Alan Russell. I'll quickly read it. Yep. Uh, his nomination is Frank. It wasn't for the fact that he actually existed. If it wasn't for the fact he actually existed, the idea of putting on a funny voice and wearing a paper mache hat would have stretched credibility to start with. But giving the keyboard duty to a ginger pushed it over the edge for me. Bloody great film, though. That's his bad premise. Great film. Yes. So uh, Frank is a fantastic film. I absolutely loved Frank. Um, Okay. Not, nothing to do with Frank Sidebottom at all. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, maybe we should have one more, because we're going to... Um, one more letter, because we've got quite a lot. OK. This is from Emma... Ooh, it's from Emma. <laughs> uh, Barnsley. Hello, David, Marrick and Buddy. I just watched Tim's Vermeer. It was amazing. Speaking of documentaries, have you seen Capturing the Freedmans? It's about the Freedman family and their lives when the father of the family, a teacher and respected member of the community, is accused of abusing some of his students. It's creepy and unsettling and is a captivating account of a dysfunctional family. I'd give it eight emmers. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it and any recommendations of any other good crime documentaries if you have them. Keep watching the films. Emma. 
Have you seen it? I have not seen Capturing the Freemans. I'm glad you like Tim's Vermeer, though. Everyone should watch that. It's a weird little film, but sort of mind-blowing. Um, Capturing, Capturing the, the Freemans is one of the most incredible films I've ever seen. Is it a doc- it's a documentary is as well, it do- then? It's, uh, well, it's the footage. Were they following them around at the no, time? It's, or what? No, it's basically made... He's accused um, of being a paedophile and sex abusing, abusing his, his kids. Yeah. And the footage is all the family film footage, most of it. Oh, wow. So it's them, and they're filming... There's points where they're filming themselves in court, having arguments and crying, because they've got this home... Uh, you've never seen anything like it, because they're not... Yeah. It's just them, they're filming arguments in the house with a home video camera. Yeah. Inadvertently, before the court case, you've got this inside look wow. of a family being sort of torn apart by these allegations. And you think what's going on, it's really disturbing. They're really weird. And I saw it about six, seven years ago. And it's shocking. I think one... You know, you can't... You can't a documentary maker can't make this footage because it's yeah. genuine footage from the family's home videos wow. of them and what happened. So why were they filming the whole thing with some idea? They're just, of... they're just no, they're just filming it because they like filming stuff. Right, and, this, and their family's being torn apart. Is when it... did this happen? It's let me look it up. Uh, was it the eighties? No, I think it was the early nineties. Capturing... That makes sense. Everyone filmed themselves in the early nineties. Capturing the Freemans. Everyone just bear with me and just... Uh, it's an HBO documentary. Oh, focus on the 80s investigation there you go. of a child molester. So, um, late 80s, they were doing it. I just remember my uncle uh, had... Uh, video cameras were sort of excitingly new things in the 80s, and so uh, certain people filmed everything that happened. Um, oh, we'll track it down then. Uh, thank yeah, you for mentioning anyone that. who w- really go and watch that it's on, I think it's on Netflix actually I'll watch it um, or Amazon Prime which is a lot of shit Amazon Prime. and if you like that you would also love The Imposter which is a great documentary have you seen that? no there's two you should go and see anyway let's talk about uh, Fox we'll talk about Ida and Foxcatcher shall we? sure do you want to sure. talk about Ida first? Cause I, yeah Ida I, tra- I tracked down um one of the foreign language nominations uh, for the Golden Globes and for the Oscars. I thought we should probably represent our uh, our foreign cousins as well as you know all of the American films are out there. So I watched um, a little Polish film called Ida, um, which it's black and white. It's interestingly shot in four three, as in old oh. TV format. Don't know why, um, but it's about a orphan girl called Anna, who. Um, not like a version of Annie, is it? It's not like a version of Annie. Well, no. Um, she was brought up by nuns. Uh, they, they, it's set in the 60s. And she was brought up by nuns, and she's going to take her vows to um, become a nun forever. And the mother superior says she should go track down the only living relative she has that they know of uh, before she, you know, shuts herself into this convent forever, really. So she goes to find her aunt, who... Um, uh, was is and, and was a judge in Poland who uh, tracked down uh, Nazi sympathisers after the war. They're on the bloody moon, mate. Yeah, apparently it, it is in the Iron Sky universe. This okay. And uh, and it's about the relationship between those those two women, um, and it's really really good. Like it, it's it's not you know. It's not just we'll have one film from Russia and one from Italy. Like, this film's excellent. But what's sort of incredible is the lead role um, 
And forgive me, uh, she has a complicated... Her name's Marta, but I forget her surname because it's a complicated Polish name. Oh, look But this is her debut because she's one of those actresses they literally found on the street she'd never acted before. Um, actors, looking for fresh actors? Call any fresh actors, she please. She is incredible looking. And I don't just mean she's a beautiful woman. I mean, as in, she's just sort of hypnotic in this film. Um, and the woman who plays our auntie as well, also another Marta, uh, is uh, is also absolutely fantastic. It, it's it's a gentle film. It's you know it's got that if you want to use the term indie feel, you know where it it's it's intimate and it's it's slightly slow, but it's actually you know it's a short short film by most comparison. But it's it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, can you pronounce her surname there? That's her. Agata Trezbakowska. Sorry, Agata, not Marta. Agata. They're both called Agata. Um, yeah. She looks a bit like Bjork. A little bit. She's Polish. But yeah, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. As they try to track down what happened to her parents and why she was abandoned on this orphanage steps in the first place. Is it depressing? It... It is, but it's also uplifting. It's not. It's not bleak as all hell because actually, because um, uh, the reason it's called Ida is she discovers her actual name is Ida. Anna was the name the nuns gave her. So um, uh, she is so closeted and naive that actually a lot of the bleakness doesn't really permeate her in the same way. She has a defence to it because mm. she doesn't can't really comprehend it all. She's been in a convent her entire life. This is the first time she's gone anywhere. So she hasn't really heard um, uh, jazz music before and she's sort of amazed by that. She's not worn any clothes other than her habit and all of this stuff. And and it's leading up to her decision whether she goes to take her vows or uh, go and live her life. What do you think if you found out you were adopted and you were, what would be your worst real name that you could have? So your name's not David, your name's, you know... Dick Poop? Dick Poop would be bad, wouldn't it? You were actually christened Dick Poop. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that would be bad. Um, that's good, then. I've also seen... We've talked about Leviathan, which also got nominated for the best film as well. They're always... The best... Best foreign language one. When I'm born and trying to find a film to watch, yeah. it's worth going through the list of... Oscar nominees best foreign language films yeah because in Germany they're normally better than a lot of the ones that are going to wait for the main film because you've got yeah. they're all brilliant they are I mean the cinematography in this is great and it was actually I was doing a bit of reading the cinematographer actually left the project early and it was um, it was actually the shots his, his were mother. chosen by no by the, the I think the camera operator oh really it's beautiful I don't know why it's 4-3 I don't. I don't know why you'd make a modern. You probably put the setting wrong on the camera. Properly. I hate it when you start that. You start in the <laughs> um, wrong. Guys, I, I didn't say it's a cinema. Uh, I'm sorry to disturb you. What you what you did? Um, uh, I'm really embarrassed. I, I pressed the wrong thing, and it was <laughs> the last four days we've done it all in four three. What is this? The song. Ring. Uh, but, but no, the only reason I say it's an, an odd ratio to have. Uh, there's more to talk about in this film than just this. But TVs aren't even four three anymore. TVs yeah. are all widescreen. Well, maybe you know, certainly in, in the West. I don't know about everywhere else on earth. But it's it's odd. It's when an I, odd thing, isn't it? When I moved flat to to Muswell Hill recently, yeah, 
my TV is basically the one my rich neighbours downstairs chucked away, but there was a quite a big one with a proper big back. Yeah. And the, remo- and the removal men said, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen one of these. They're really, they're really heavy. So we got, we're Incredibly heavy. I used to have one as well. We, we couldn't lift a lot, so we hired these removal blokes for an hour to do their heavy <laughs> stuff. And went, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen one of these in five or six years. <laughs> <laughs> that's how rich everyone else is in bloody Muswell Hill. Yeah. Um, that's good. So rec- that's what you can get that online now. I think it's been released online. Well, it, it was uh, because it's a smaller film and they can't afford the publicity and everything. I assume they've gone simultaneous no, release. It came, no, it came out last year. Oh, did it really? Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that well, I know it came out last year at film festivals, but no, I don't it was, know. It was in, in um, the art house in Crouch Inn. It was on last oh, year. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, but it's 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 a it's a beautiful little film. I think it's it's well worth watching. Well, we've got time to talk. I don't know about Foxcatcher quickly, can't I? Yeah, yeah, I, do. I don't want to... This is quite a long... Foxcatcher. Yeah. What's it about? It's based on the true story. Uh, these two brothers, played by Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo, who are Olympic gold um, medal-winning wrestlers in the 80s. OK. Uh, and Americans. Yes, Americans. And it's about sort of... There isn't any funding for wrestlers so Chang Tatum's living in a sort of poor flat and uh, they're not very rich you know they've got to make money just teaching and running the wrestling club Um, Steve Carell plays John DuPont who is basically the family who've got they make arms and loads of stuff they're really really rich meanwhile Buddy's trying to kiss David and he decides he wants to invest in wrestling and he's got this huge build this huge wrestling thing becomes obsessed with it and wants to get these medals um, and build this huge wrestling empire uh, under the name the Foxcatcher name where he's got his own weird tracksuits and he becomes slightly obsessed with it uh, there's a mild suggestion whether it's sort of sexual related thing but it's quite odd there was some controversy in the press yes the, because the, the guy who was not keen on that suggestion. Mark Schultz um, was really unhappy about it but then later took back his comments there's a, there's a brief allusion to it anyway he brings Mark Schultz in and almost sort of brainwashes him you know and takes yeah. advantage of him and makes and sets up this sort of just odd uh, weird world wrestling training camp and later he brings Mark Ruffalo who plays his brother David Schultz who's more charismatic and always a bit sort of uh, cleverer than his Mark Schultz right. is into this world and um, John DuPont is slightly in awe of his mother who's into horses not interested in him he wants to get her attention and it's almost like this spoiled child he's played like right uh, it's a bit uh, the trailer is a bit misleading from the actual film itself it's quite a slow uh, bleak film with some odd characters it's based on a real life event so what's interesting you can go and watch interviews with John DuPont played by Steve Carell and he's become famous for wearing this this nose and speaking in this weird way you know almost mechanical way yeah when you watch the real John DuPont on YouTube the nose isn't as prominent you know I was expecting the nose to be a big thing yeah yeah and the, and the, and the voice is slightly accentuated but it's just a, a big departure for Steve Carell to play this sort of almost character with semi sort of psychopathic qualities yeah yeah um that Tatum is playing a similar sort of you know more he's great as well Mark Ruffalo is I love Mark Ruffalo brilliant as usual as uh, David Schultz's brother I think he's a great he's such a great actor I really enjoyed this film Um, I think it's slow I think it's uh, an interesting 
insight into how you can create your own with enough money you can do what you want and create your, your own crazy world and the power and the how you corrupt sort of weaker people are you using this as a guide for what you're going to do with Volsport? Uh, Volsport is my sport I've invented, which will hopefully have a lot of this in Get track suits. Track suits. I've already bought on uh, 25 t-shirts, and I mean that, which you can buy at Volsport.com, which may have been a big mistake for me <laughs> financially. Um, but this isn't about Volsport, this is about wrestling. I, I, I enjoyed, I thought it was going to be really, really great. What's odd is one of the people, Anthony Michael Hall, who was in Weird Science. Yeah. You watch out for him. He plays like this sort of bodyguard of uh, or of uh, Steve Carell in it, and he doesn't. You would not recognise him as a guy from Breakfast Club and yeah, yeah. Weird Science. He just looks like a proper sort of old uh, wizened bloke. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was expecting a little bit more from this, I suppose, because it looked uh, bleak. I know you're confined by events in a biopic. I mean, I won't tell you what happens. It's quite a famous story in America, but as we heard in letters... Yeah, not. yeah, we don't know it over here. Um, so I can't really talk about that without... We only spoilers. know WWF slash yeah. E wrestling, don't we? So uh, I really enjoyed it, but I, I can see why I it was omitted from the Oscars. Okay. Initially, before I was surprised, there's a lot of hot hype about it. Um, I think Steve Carell's been nominated for... Well, I think there was some hope. I mean, when when someone puts on a prosthetic nose, it's usually because they want an award. I I don't think it's it's of the calibre of the other nominees. The other prosthetic nose films? Yeah. Uh, What was that Nicole Kidman prosthetic nose film? The Hours, was it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, Steve Carell's been nominated and Mark Ruffalo have both deservedly been nominated. So it's a... Stiff competition this year. Yeah, there's some great actors out there, but... Well, let's finally, before we move on, talk about the gong snubbing, uh, as you briefly mentioned with Foxcatcher, of uh, the Lego movie. Terrible! Lots of people have talked about it's not even nominated for Best Animated Feature. It was, it was one of the best films I saw last year. Well, I, 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 I did a couple of issues with it, but I thought it was very, very good. I cannot understand why it's not been nominated, because usually they nominate two pieces of shit just so that they can have a category because they need three nominees um, So because there's one film that's clearly better than all of yeah. the others and I would have thought well my reason I put it's Frozen this year or was I know, that last year that was last year so, I put on our Facebook page my reason which is um, one of the Lego men shags and his wife yes must have been Spielberg you do not <laughs> fuck with the Sun King uh, yeah Oh dear. That can be the only reason, right? Yeah, it must be something to do with that. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that. Yeah. Unless it wasn't animated, unless they're real. That's the only. It must be some sort of. uh, I don't know, technicality. No, I I can't. It's a snub. I can't see it as anything other than a snub because it was a very successful, very good movie. That had an interesting screenplay as well for a kids' film. Like that was really risky in playing yeah. this What has been nominated in that category? Big Hero Six, The Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon Two, Song of the Sea, The Tale of Princess Kagawa. Right, um, How to Train Your Dragon Two is not as good. There, there, right there. Uh, interesting. I wonder what happened. But well, next week we'll talk about um, the best actors as well. To okay, spread it out. Um, but please write on our Facebook all your predictions. And if you... Um, this is all self-funded and cinema ticket prices are really expensive. <laughs> I looked at uh, I looked at um, the Leicester Square view yesterday. 
guess how much a uh, is that eight, eighteen quid? Eighteen quid, seventeen ninety-five or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Unbelievable. Arts House Scratch Inn is good at £7 in the afternoons. Yeah. But the audience is like 11 quid, 12 quid. Or if you go to prime time, it's like 14 quid. They can't even turn the lights off properly. Yeah. It stinks at one once. Well, that, that's it. The prices have risen as the quality has dipped. And that's that's the real problem for me. Like, uh, and there was an awful thing as well about the audience telling that bloke to the story about the guy, a civilian disabled guy in a wheelchair who had his... Uh, machine on to help him breathe and they yeah. told him to leave because he was disturbing the other audience members whereas if if it's shitty teenagers throwing stuff they won't it, do they anything yeah because they're afraid of them I've seen so much bad behaviour in the audience yeah, yeah. and that's just in the afternoons and there's always something that goes wrong yeah it's either a light being a light being left on yeah the heating breaking down the sound going wrong subtitles being played and then turned off halfway through the film yeah it is incredible. Their training is abysmal. And yet, almost twice the price of any of those. Yeah. But if you want to donate to help um, uh, us keep the podcast going, we're really, really grateful. It's, um, you can go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. And everyone who has, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. You done? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Keep watching the films. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.